Hi there, welcome back. I'm Emily. I'm Larry. And this is Planet in God. Yes. And we are back from a little bit of a hiatus from at least this study. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, about a year ago, if you, you hadn't uh, been following along too super close, we started the book of Revelation. We actually did our introductory video uh, going through the who, what, where, when, and why. I'll fly that in right here so you can go back and listen to that if you haven't. Uh, we also did a video with our good friend Bill Van Dyke over at The Faithful Word as he was kicking off his channel. We had him on talking about the different ways you can read and look at the book of Revelation. We'll have that linked in the description as well for you uh, so you can go listen to that. And so now we are getting back into it uh, after finishing the Gospel Challenge. Yep. Right, Christmas is over. We went through the Gospel of John. That was a great series. And now we're going to go back into Revelation and spend the bulk of our year in this wonderful book. Yeah, we're really excited. We are. And what's one thing that we're excited about, Emily? Well, Larry did this really cool thing. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, he is putting together kind of like a work study to go with the videos. Yes. So if you guys are interested in that, he's, going to, he's putting together a PDF. You guys can print it off. Um, and use that along with your study yeah it's uh really been i was laid on my heart to put together something as a primer for your personal study so there's a, a little bit of thought and then mostly questions things that i found that were interesting but instead of telling you i found it interesting i give you questions so you can go and do your own investigation on it so uh, that'll be available over on our website planetandgod.com we'll put a link in the description as Emily said, it'll be a free downloadable uh, PDF, and eventually, as we finish the book of Revelation, we might publish it as a book if you wanted to purchase a, a binded copy. But that's all future stuff. Right now, we're just working on it as we go. Yes. <laughs> so, what are we doing today, Emily? So today we are going to start Revelation 1, but we're not doing the full chapter. Um, so the way we're, we're going to break this down differently, um, we're going to go a little slower. So this section is just verses 1 to 8. Yes. So since we're doing a more kind of like an exegetical teaching, through this we're going to read the verses and then kind of talk about them as we go along and see how it goes so as emily said we're going to be talking through verses one through eight and i'm going to have emily start us off by reading verses one through three we'll take a little break there and talk about them and then we'll continue on with the rest of the section all right so we're gonna dive right in dive right in cool okay the revelation of jesus christ which god gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. I love the first like five words, the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
So, Emily, do you know offhand what a revelation is? Well, it's a revealing of something or something being shown to another person. Yes. So it is the unveiling, the uncovering. And this one specifically comes from... Oh, Jesus Christ. There you go. Yeah. I'm like, what are you trying to get me to say? <laughs> um, this is the, the revelation that specifically comes from Jesus Christ. So in this verse, we have... Um, the what the book is about. It's about the revelation or the revealing and who is doing the revealing. That is Jesus Christ. And you say that, but I love the next part of it, which God gave him. I love that. Yes. Right? God gave him. So who's the him? Jesus Christ. Right. Right. And it just shows the love and care that God has for us. So yeah. much. There's so much love just in those few words right there right and you have that uh essentially you have what this book is about it's the revelation who it's from jesus christ and where the source is god mm-hmm. all in this little section so it's G- it's god giving the book to jesus christ who then passes it on and we get the why he, he gives us say, this it book. Show, it also yeah. shows the purpose of the, purpose the, of it. the point. Right. right, to show his servants. Mm-hmm. Not just to show his servants anything, but it's very specific what the servants must see. And that is... Things which must shortly take place. Exactly. Which, right, that's future events yep. right there. He's talking specifically about. Right, so this is a book chock full of prophecy. But it's not... It's not things that not necessarily take place within John's lifetime because there's some people that get that mixed up and they think that this soon means within the lifetime of of the Apostle John and therefore everything that happens in Revelation is done because it must soon take place, therefore the soon of John's lifetime. That's not what he's talking about here. This is just soon as in sometime soon it's a generic kind of general soon it's kind of like how when emily asked me to get her a tea and i go yeah i'll get it soon and two hours go by and go oh emily did you still want that tea yeah Yeah. (laughs) no (laughs) but it's more of a general soon these specific events will occur but only in a timetable that god knows not man's timetable yeah i agree And then we get into, as we dig deeper into this, we get um, what the Lord did when he gave the book. He makes it clear, right? He sent it, he signified it to his servant John. I like how the NET puts it. He says that he made it clear by sending his servant, his angel, to his servant John, right? So he kind of, it shows how, what God did when he sent this message. He made it clear, he signified it, signed it, essentially, and gave it to John. Yeah, it shows, too, that, like, Jesus is giving this authority to this angel to pass on along the message. Right. Which then, in turn, John really, really has that authority as well. Right. John has given, as John is, as the message is relayed to John, John has is now given the authority to right. relay it. 
Exactly. It's kind of like a giant relay race, mm -hmm. right? You've got God giving it to Jesus, Jesus giving it to the angel, the angel giving it to John, John handing it on to us. Now. Well, yeah, right. I was just going to say it, it eventually does apply to us, and we can see that throughout other parts of the scripture that um, same thing, that we're given authority based on kind of like a domino effect. Right. Yeah, and that's what we see here in verse 2. John testifies everything that he saw. He testifies about the Word of God and about the testimony of Jesus Christ. And then that gets us to the blessing. This is the only book in the Bible with a blessing attached to it. Yeah, Verse 3. That's really cool. Blessed is the one who reads the prophecy, who hear the prophecy, and who obey the prophecy. So it's a threefold blessing. Right. You have to hear it, obey it, and read it. And when he's talking about reading, he's talking about publicly reading, reading it aloud. Not just like reading it and holding on to it. Right. But you're reading it to share it. I thought this was interesting on the word keep. For the blessed is the one who keeps this message. The Greek word there is terio. And it means to guard, to watch, or to keep over. It kind of leans into this idea that this is a letter that you want to hold on to, that you want to not just hold on to, but you want to teach it out. And that's really where the blessing comes in, is that you're sharing it. You're not just reading it for yourself, but you're reading it to share with others around you. Yeah. And then he wraps up the section, right, going back to what we saw earlier in verse 2, right, for the time is near. It really ties it back to things must happen soon, the time is near. It's a more generic, kind of like it's God's timing. In his eye, it is soon, it is near. Right. In our eye, it might not be soon and near. Well, because our concept of what's near and far is different than God's concept right. of what's near, what is near and far. Um, and also, I think, you know, he was saying for the time is near at that point, how much nearer now? Oh, yeah. That led me to think of Rev at the end of Revelation, Revelation 22.10, which reads, Then he said to me, Do not seal up the words of this prophecy contained in this book because the time is near. John uses similar wording towards the end of the book of Revelation, saying that you're not to seal up the book because the time is coming. Don't don't unsee don't hide this away. We need to know what these things are. It's interesting because in Daniel he's told to seal up, right? Because a lot of the stuff in Daniel did I just steal your thunder? Sorry. Good job. Good job. That's how you know you've been married for too long. <laughs> yeah. Daniel uh twelve four specifically. <laughs> Daniel is told to seal up his prophecies. Yeah, well, and how much earlier was Daniel compared to John, right? So exactly. it's interesting to see that, um, like the timestamps. Yeah, and, and what's interesting with Daniel is he prophesied about both comings of the Messiah. You have Daniel prophesying of the first coming of the Messiah, the death of the Messiah, and the second coming of the Messiah in the Millennial Kingdom, all mm -hmm. in his little book yeah, and he's told to Daniel's seal it really up cool. it is a great book and really if you really want to understand revelation go study daniel first and then come back to revelation but uh it's it's 
a good tie-in. Uh, or study them in tandem. Yeah. Because... <laughs> so then we move on to the next little section, right? Yes. You're going to read this one? I'm going to read this one. I'm going to read verses 4 through 6, which says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we get the fact now that we moved away from God giving the book to Jesus, to the angel, to John. John is now taking ownership, essentially, of this book and relaying it on to the seven churches. To the seven churches. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the order as to how the book gets passed down. And so John is now introducing and greeting these, these seven churches. Church, these churches, right. right. And he starts off with grace and peace to you. These are two things that can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. And so that's how he greets them. It's a very common greeting throughout the New Testament grace to you and peace because it it comes from him who is, who was, and who is to come. I love um, within verse 4 and uh, through 5a, you can kind of see the Trinity within that, right? So you can see uh, who is, who was, and who is to come. Then you have the seven spirits, and then from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, yeah. first born from the dead. Right. So then John kind of moves in as we we as he takes us along this journey from God the Father, the spirits and Jesus Christ into a little time of worship into verse 6, right? He starts off with the, to the one who loved us, meaning Jesus Christ, he is the one who loved us or loves us. Why he has set us free from our sins at the cost of his own blood. Right, So now he's going to worship him because of this, because Jesus Christ set us free from our sins. And not only did he set us free from our sins, but what he made us a kingdom of priests to the Lord God. Yeah, I love it. It takes us back to the cross, but then it also, within that same line, it gives us purpose right. in, in the kingdom of God. Yes, it is. And it's, it's really um, a... The way you kind of see in these few verses, you have a greeting from the king, right? Grace to you and peace from the king, from the Lord. You have a profile of who the king is, who is, who was, who is to come. Seven spirits, um, the faithful witness, the firstborn, the ruler. And then you have blessings from the king, right? He loves us. He set us free through his blood. He appointed us kings and priests. And now we're going to worship him. To him, to this God, be glory and honor and power forever and ever. Amen. It's really cool to see how John kind of whittles us down and brings us, not only are you getting grace and peace, you're free from your sins, you're a kingdom of priests, and now let's worship him. To him alone, be glory and all. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So then that moves us into our last 
bit of verses for today's video. We're going to go through verses 7 and 8. So Emily, I'm going to have you read those and then we'll talk about them. So behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So this beginning part, the behold, he is coming with the clouds. There's references to that within Matthew. Yep. Um, two times that I, I, I had studied. And then we also see that as well in Acts 1, 9 through 11. Yep. So I just thought that was a really cool thing to see, like, there's a, a bunch of other things, but we are seeing things in Revelation, but you can see them clearly in other parts of the Bible, too. Oh, yeah. it's uh, This is a well-prophesied event. Yeah. That he is coming with the clouds. And what's what's great about this, this time, the return of the king here, is that he is not coming as a baby this time. He is coming as a judge. He is coming to judge the world. This return is a return of judgment. Of judgment, and he's going to reign as king. Yeah, exactly. Of judgment and setting up the king. They thought he was coming for his first. Right. The Jew, the the way that Jewish, uh, the rabbinic Jews of Jesus' day interpreted the scriptures was that they thought that there would only be King Messiah, not suffering Messiah, and then King Messiah. Which... We saw that in the Gospel of John with right. a lot of the disciples thinking. Right. You know, Specifically and, Judas. When Judas betrayed God, or he thought initially that Jesus was going to set up a kingdom and that he was going to be a leader in that kingdom. Once Judas realized that was not going to happen, he betrays Jesus and turned him over to the Sadducees and the Pharisees for judgment. So we see here that he is returning and that this is not a secret return. This is every eye will see him, right? This is speaking of the second coming of the Messiah. Every eye will see him. Those who pierced him, the tribes on the earth, they will all mourn. So we kind of have to ask that question, why will they be mourning? Well, they'll be mourning because of him, because they'll be recognizing that they made the wrong choice. Yeah. They decided not to follow him. And so now he is coming to judge them for that. That's why they're mourning, because it's judgment time. Which, if you look at it, it's not true repentant mourning. Right. It's not. It's 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 a a, mourning. It's a selfish mourning. Right. It's a sadness that, oh, stink, I messed up. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like when somebody gets caught, like a kid gets caught and they're upset that they got caught, not because of the choice they made. Exactly. So they will be upset because they rejected the king and now they will face judgment from the king. And that leads us into John kind of wrapping up verse 7 with this, this will certainly pass. He's pointing back to the beginning of the verse, him returning in the clouds, coming to judge. This event will certainly certainly come to pass. Amen. And the in the Greek, it's very it's much more emphatic how he ends it. He ends it more like yes, amen. Right? It's like right. He's excited about this, and that is because as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not mourn. Right. 
right? Because we know what what happened. Well, and for us, you go back. This book is exciting. It is exciting. Like it's a, it should be exciting. <laughs> it should be, but you go back a little bit further, right, to what we just talked about. He is the one who set us free from our sins through blood, made us a kingdom of priests, and he is coming back. Yes, amen. This is awesome because we should be excited because we have chosen the right side. We chose to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and therefore, this is an awesome event. I don't use that word lightly. This is awesome. And then that works into the last verse, verse 8, where we see Jesus Christ speaking here, and he ties it back to, to how he was introduced earlier, right? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the one who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. We have here essentially seven titles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I love names, so that was great for me. <laughs> Yes. There's a lot in Revelation. There is. So here we have seven names. The identity of the person who was speaking in verse 4. This is the one who will rule, who is ruling, the sovereign, the almighty God. Yeah, I think too the names show a part of who God is in a lot of ways. Yeah. They do. They speak to the fact that, that the Lord not only is the first and last, not only is the beginning and the end, but he is the one of eternity. Yeah, he's been around forever. He will be around forever. Right. And I love that it ends with the Almighty, right? Yeah. He is all-powerful, all-everything. He is, and it really ties back, which is really kind of cool, back to Isaiah 9. Verse 6, when we have the words, the titles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which right? is He's, a very popular Christmas. It is very <laughs> popular Christmas. But Isaiah 9, 6, let me read it if you haven't heard it in a while. For, uh, for a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us. His shoulders, he shoulders responsibility. He is called Wonderful Advisor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Right, so he's really tying in if you, you, these Old Testament names to this New Testament concept of the ruling king. I mean, the ruling king is an Old Testament concept, but it spans the entirety of the Bible. Yeah, it's really amazing. It is. So I think that wraps up our first little section of Revelation. Yes, it does. That that buttons up Revelation. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Uh, so, as we had said, we're going to put a little primer, buddy, Bible study primer, up on our website. Head over there and check it out. Link will be in the description box below. And then um, go and do your own self-study. That's, that's really what we're encouraging. We're giving you our thoughts based on our own self-study, but we want you to do it yourself and to grow with us. So we're really excited to continue through Revelation and um, we will see you in the next video to go through some more of chapter one. All right, great. All right, yeah. see ya.